Ajahn Chah's um, teachings, talks, the books, and uh, it's been an interesting kind of exercise to uh, uh, read the uh, well four different publications of of Ajahn Chah's that have been done over the years. To read them all in the space of a week, um, kind of swimming in Ajahn Chah the last week, and uh, it's been kind of fun. Um, yesterday morning, the, uh, er, the Apat Maikuti, an uh, early morning sit, I was just... Uh, uh, things that I'd been reading and... and uh, of course, reflecting on and, and uh, considering just kept coming up in, in, uh, in the meditation, in practice. And uh, I was finding myself up in my, my kuti, just sort of uh, my face all wet with tears and, and uh, just thinking of grat- with gratitude of Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah's teachings, and quite, uh, just a lot of pity coming up. That was very, quite wonderful. Yeah. But also, just before evening puja, I finished the last book, and I feel quite happy to p- put it down. And that'll be... Uh, the, uh, but I thought I'd... Uh, Sort of share. It's one of the. I mean, it's been kind of nice to to do that. To read all these uh, talks of Ajahn Chah's teachings of Ajahn Chah's. Um, it's also sort of a, a kind of a, an over stimulation or over bombardment uh, as well. So, uh, but I just thought I would would uh, maybe let things come up in my mind and, and uh, uh, 
share what uh, what sticks in my mind. A lot of it just sort of is goes down the. Uh, um, it's like one of the similes that Ajahn Chah uses, images that Ajahn Chah uses, is the image image of uh, the dam uh, building. A, uh, when you build a dam, you've got to build a, a spillway along with it. So if you don't have a have a, a spillway uh, in your practice, then you, uh, the dam breaks. Mm-hmm that uh, so a lot of stuff has been going down the spillway as well and, uh, certainly the uh, uh, you know one of the what the the way we the uh, the book is eventually going to be structured is in terms of Sila Samadhi Banya which is Ajahn Chah uh, comes back to those uh, fundamental teachings over and over again. There's hardly a talk, really, that he gives that, that doesn't address those aspects of, of uh, just the path. And, uh, and I think in, in, in both his teaching as well as his own practice, um, the the kind of integration of the the path and the inseparability of of uh, the path um, was uh, was something that he he emphasized that sila samadhi banya were not different things uh, they were uh, or fundamentally different. Um, they were all aspects of a path of training, a path of a way of living, uh, a way of, of uh, uh, you know, penetrating truth uh, in the same way that, and he gives the, the image over and over again of the, say like of the, the mango, uh, and in Thai, especially the, in Thai, the, the the image comes off really well because you actually have, he gives the image of that mango uh, when it's a, a bud, when it's a small fruit, when, it, when it's a green fruit, when it's a ripe fruit. And they actually have different names for each one. Uh, of, uh, mangoes are a big feature in hot season in, in Thailand. So. And they, you actually have you know, different names for each, each part of the, that process of the maturing of, a, of a, the mango. And, uh, and, and Ajahn Chah is saying that you know, the path is ex- essentially the same. And uh, we've got different names for it, uh, but you know, it's all part of this path of truth. And uh, one part of it is sila, and one part of it is part of the process is Samadhi, another part of the process is is uh, is banya, and uh, but they're not separate. They work to work together. They function together. They have to. Uh, they're part and parcel of the whole uh, picture of truth. So that uh, 
in Lung Po's keeping of, of uh, say, sila, right? both for the lay community as well as the monastics, he was, I mean, he was very uncompromising. There was, there wasn't uh, excuses for not keeping precepts. There wasn't excuses for not being, uh, you know, really uh, using the the training rules and the ways of of uh, restraint uh, for uh, our uh, our benefit. So that uh, you know, there was a there was a, a, a real integrity there. And he encouraged everybody to 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 use the the precepts, and in particularly, uh, you know, one using the training precepts for uh, understanding how the the mind works, un- understanding how intention works. Um, you keep the precepts uh, in order to. Uh, establish a standard that creates a certain amount of of, of friction, uh, causes a bit of difficulty in your life, causes some some resistance. That was in in checking the uh, the editing work that the, that wisdom has done. Josh has done. Uh, I mean, Ajahn Chah emphasizes this point, and and uh, and there's this query, and uh, and sort of a stroke through this. You know, the precepts keep you know, makes for makes for suffering or something, and difficulty causes conflict, and and, uh, and Josh is sort of says, just he can't have said this. This can't be true, is it? <laughs> it's like. And yes, this is true. It causes conflict. It causes it causes a sense of resistance in in the in the mind. If you're you know if you're really going against desires and going against your habits and your conditioning, uh, there's going to be a sense of conflict in the mind. But then, that's what we learn from. Uh, that's what you investigate. That's what you use to understand. Uh, you know what is the way out of suffering? Uh, because if we're, if there's, if there's no conflict, uh, then you know we're keeping our uh, sort of our desire mind and our opinions quite uh, well stoked and well uh, lubricated, and, and uh, nothing uh, gets in the way. So that uh, ideally. The uh, you know, the keeping of the precepts is a uh, you know it stops the flow of the of the, de- the desire mind and stops the flow of our our habitual tendencies so that uh, we get an opportunity to look at that and watch that and Gosajan Chansa this is a good thing this is something that. Uh, uh, really does uh, help us to 
to understand the nature of truth. And it's, that's the, uh, uh, so right, right from the beginning of, of keeping precepts, it's being used as a tool and being used as a, as a, uh, a means of, of uh, yeah, penetrating truth. So that the, uh, it isn't just um, kind of a perfunctory standards that you keep to, to uh, fulfill some obligation as, uh, in order to, uh, to be a card-carrying Buddhist. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's fundamental to the path. Uh, or it's not something that you pick up and do uh, for uh, when you're a beginner and then you can dispense with them uh, as you become more adept in the path and, and uh, uh, they're, not, they're not relevant anymore. And that's, uh, it, it doesn't work that way. They're, they're part and parcel of the path of liberation, of path of freedom. So that keeping of, of, uh, of sila. <coughs> now the uh, there's wonderful images sometimes of, of the. Uh, uh, you know, why why do uh, If I see the helping us to, 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 to establish ourselves in doing of that which is good and that which is wholesome. And uh, as I, you know, he's, giving, he's saying that you know, these people come and ordain and, and then they, they go out and uh, they want to leave the, leave the monastery, they want to go out and and uh, be out in the world, and even they'll go, you get all fired up to join the army and go off to the front. And so they're, they're, they're sort of, they're happy to, to, uh, to do bad things. You know, they're happy to die doing bad things. You know, so why aren't they happy, you know, just to, you know, to stick with doing good things? So it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's just lovely lovely sort of image and having that sense of his both chagrin and, and uh, amazement at the human condition when you know, people will, will uh, can, uh, sacrifice all sorts of things to do, to do the unwholesome but to, to stay within the, the bounds of the wholesome and the good. Uh, it's, uh, it's such a difficult and rare thing. In the training of the mind and in, in uh, the developing of, of samadhi, uh, Paul would, would uh, Again, the sort of the integration of of um, the whole path uh, was 
was very uh, well, was a very was a key feature. So that sometimes his his uh, uh, instructions in samadhi are frustratingly uh, sparse or uh, uh, seemingly uh, you know, so straightforward as to you know, not giving you much to work with. It's like you know, sit down, watch your breath, uh, be attentive. Uh, to the breath going in, the breath go out, going out, breath will get more subtle, then it'll stop, and you'll be in fourth jhana. So, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> Did I miss something here? <laughs> so, um, and that's what it's like. Then you know, that's what it's like in fourth jhana, and that's where you really start, things get really interesting. Though. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, there are some of the the, the discourses where uh, and and talks where he, he does get a bit more detailed. But a lot of the times, it's it's uh, uh, there is a sort of uh, ordinariness um, to to his 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 teaching and the. Uh, but it's also again the sort of the integrated quality where it's it's not something separate from the whole training. And, uh, you know, the, you know, some of the images that, that, that stick uh, is uh, uh, the, say, the, the image that, that he gives of the, of the spider, uh, which is, is sort of one of my favorite images with the uh, you know, to be practicing Dhamma, he says, you know, you have to, uh, practicing Dhamma, practice meditation, you don't have to remember all that much, yes, or, or go very far, just look at a spider and see what a spider does. So the spider weaves its web and, and then uh, uh, sits in the center of, the, of, its, of its web. And he says, and when a, an, an insect uh, or a fly comes along and, and, and touches the, the web uh, and gets in contact with the web, uh, with the, the stickiness of the web, then the spider rushes out and grabs that, the insect and binds it up and, and brings it back to the center where it uh, eats it. And, Consumes any. So he said it's like the, the web is like the, the, the five senses, the external senses, the eye, ear, nose, tongue, and body. And coming to the center is coming to the mind. Thus our mind should be, uh, you know, when we contact, when the senses contact, uh, you know, the sights cont- contact the, 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 the eye, Sound contacts the the ear, and just the mind goes out to to, to uh, apprehend that, brings it back into the the mind, the heart, and then binds it with uh, the the anatta, uh, seeing it, experiencing it with 
with mindfulness and then the wisdom of, of seeing its impermanence, its, its unsatisfactoriness, its not-self. Not so that uh, you know, practice is, is, uh, is this wonderfully uh, sort of natural, uh, has, a ver- has a natural quality to it. <coughs> Uh, and uh, you know, and that is the uh, we need to to uh, uh, cultivate that sense of, of being attentive to the to the to the senses, uh, being mindful in it, and on each contact, uh, and drawing it into the heart, so that it's uh, both seen clearly and then seen with right view, seen with with right, uh, seen with truth, the truth of Dhamma, and that sense of uh, the, those, those characteristics of truth, uh, of impermanence, of unsatisfactoriness, of non-self, those non-self, these are the <coughs> ways in which we see the underlying uh, nature of things, uh, see their true nature, and thereby able to relinquish, to let go. And similarly, that, that theme of, of uh, uh, you know, developing the, the uh, of that understanding of the senses and uh, uh, using the the senses as a means of of uh, say a means of liberation rather than seeing them as an obstruction, uh, and this is what makes the mind peaceful, settled, or still. And it's not because we don't experience things, uh, but it's because we exp- experience them with mindfulness and wisdom that our minds can become settled, samadhi can be, can be uh, established. Um, it's not a, a, a shutting out. Uh, and that's, uh, as his Lumpur talks about that, and you see, you know, he's, you know, he struggled with meditation, he struggled with, with practice, and he tried all sorts of things. And I, and I can still hear, hear the, this one talk where uh, it's in the, it's in the uh, 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 food for the heart, uh, sense contact, uh, the one on sense contact, and he's talking about when he was a young monk and trying to learn how to meditate, and he'd get distracted all the time, and, he was, and it's, it's these external distractions are really what, what, is, what is the problem. If only I didn't have to be bothered by these external sounds. And in tropical countries, there's always something, something going on, uh, even if it's just the insects. They say you've got some beeswax, uh, which is quite soft, and rolled it up in balls and stuffed it in his ears, and shut out the, the external sounds so he could be peaceful. And of course, he said, he said, all that 
Then, of course, it was, was, there wasn't the external sounds, but there was just this sort of <laughs> humming, and it was, I can remember a little pause. You couldn't, couldn't hear anything outside, but there was still this, this sound was bothering me. <laughs> uh, that's not wasn't the, the sound that was a problem, it was the mind that was, was holding it. Now that, uh, and Lung Paul gives another image of, of that uh, understanding the the uh, uh, understanding the senses and sense contact in order to to be to be truly peaceful the, uh, as in the uh, the talk on Tuchopotila uh, where the Tuchopotila uh, is this uh, uh, very learned uh, monk who has many, many disciples, and then he realizes, and then is, uh, is criticized by the Buddha being, uh, say, knowledgeable but not practicing. So he goes to find a teacher, and of course, uh, he's, got, he's so well known, so respected, has so many disciples that nobody was willing to teach him. Finally, he found this novice who was willing to teach him. Who was novice was an arahant, and uh, uh, the novice's uh, instruction to him was to uh, using the the image of of uh, catching a uh, a lizard that goes into a, a termite mound. And so then, in the termite mound is six holes, or six entrances and exits. And you know, the way that one catches the, the lizard is, is to, to plug up the... Because termite mounds are quite large, or can be quite large. So it could be just about anywhere. And to plug up the five of the, the entrances, and then to be vigilant and Stay watching at the at that last that last exit that last entry point the last hole so that the uh, so that guarding the senses of eye ears nose tongue and body and uh, sort of to be very restrained in those to sort of cut those off to be uh, uh, not getting engaged uh, in those and put the attention on the mind so that whatever uh, one experiences one experiences it at the mind uh, and one apprehends uh, more clearly the say the culprit uh, where the problems are being created so that that, uh, that sense of, of really bringing all the attention back to the mind. Uh, one's observant of the senses, but using restraint and, a, and cutting, a cutting off in the sense of uh, 
not uh, getting uh, infatuated with the the uh, uh, the whole realm of of whether what one sees, hears, smells, tastes, touches is uh, is pleasant or unpleasant, whether it's agreeable or disagreeable, whether it's wanted or not wanted, whether one likes it or dislikes it. Uh, but coming back to the to the mind and where 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 that is experienced, where those reactions are created and formed and proliferated on, that the um, that image of coming back to the the center, coming back to the base, coming back to the one place where everything comes and goes. Uh, this is a Know, really the uh, the way of establishing uh, a stability within the, within the mind within the heart establishing samadhi the uh, the firm uh, firmness of the mind uh, stability of the mind One of the things that struck me uh, in Lumpur's um, instructions on developing samadhi, um, he he almost invariably uses uh, mindfulness of breathing as the as the base, um, but then he um, will emphasize a lot on the reflections on the body. Um, Reflections on, on establishing um, the uh, you know those are the two you know in terms of meditation objects those are really the two main main objects but when he and he says, you know, like holding you know, the uh, the context of the of the object, whatever object one uses, or you know, what do you know, what do we what do we hold? What do we fix the mind on? And he said, you know, he said, one needs to fix the mind on a point of balance. So that uh, you know, whatever meditation object one is using, or whatever reflection, because there's many reflections, investigations, contemplations that that Lumpur himself used and 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 constantly refers to uh, in the meditation. Uh, but w- what is important to uh, like to establish the mind on, or fix the mind on, or try to hold the mind is this point of balance, uh, and I think that's a really important aspect of, of say, of Lumpur's teaching. That the you now, how do we uh, hold the, the the mind in a place of balance? Because um, I think Lumpur himself uh, was so. Uh, gung ho uh, and 
you know, that he would, and had so much resolve, that sometimes he could be, he could, he could be out of, you know, really out of balance. Uh, and I think that's the same for all of us, in, you know, for various reasons. I mean, Lepaul's, I think, was sometimes his, his extraordinary resoluteness and, det- and, and determination, but also he was extraordinarily kind of passionate and strong desires. So that, and that, of course, um, he experienced many very strong moods. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, consequently, the, the uh, you know, the mind would, would swing. So that, you know, he certainly, um, you know, the, seeing the, the, the value, importance, necessity, of holding a place of balance uh, within the heart, uh, and and actually bringing that up quite consciously, you know how do how do we create a sense of balance? Um, and uh, for all the you know, and all the different ways that one trains, and the ways that one pushes, and the ways that one investigates, uh, you know, the point of balance is always a point of letting go, uh, a point of not clinging. Um, and of course that is, that is really the uh, kind of a, you know, an essential part of, of Lumpur's teaching, uh, is that, that the emphasis on, on letting go. On. And as I, I read the other night uh, about abandonment, you know, it just comes up over and, and over and over again, and that says, you know, in terms of uh, uh, kind of the, you know, the wisdom teaching, uh, that wisdom of letting go, of n- not binding oneself to um, the kind of mechanics of, of, and dynamics of, of, of sen- the sense realm and the sense desires, uh, not getting uh, bound to the uh, opinion-making realm that the mind so easily throws up, the whole sense of self, uh, how we, as- the, the, uh, the relinquishing and letting go of our, uh, imaginations of self, how we create a sense of I out of everything. Uh, so that that point of non-clinging and relinquishment of letting go, it just comes up over and over and over again and seeing that that we, and that's where the investigations and, and meditations on Impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, not self. Four noble truths. Uh, these sort of kind of meat and potatoes uh, practices. They, they're fundamental basics uh, that are, are are common, ordinary. 
and uh, but they have very profound uh, results when one is assiduous in applying them. Uh, if one really brings them up into the heart and, and really holds them with awareness and clarity and, and uh, clear comprehension, uh, and then to let them go. So that, um, and that there really isn't an alternative to, to letting go and relinquishing, because everything else is suffering. Um, to hold things in a way that uh, increases desire, increases opinions, e- increases uh, our sense of self uh, on the I position, is just more suffering. And why would you do it? Why would anybody do it? Um, and it's sort of, you know, when one reads Ajahn Chah's teachings, it's just, say, right, and it's sort of so clear. Uh, and then one puts it down and gets into some cloud of delusion again. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, you know, to hear it coming from such a clear place, uh, reminds one that that is, you know, really is possible, and it's possible for everybody. That that, that uh, bringing those those uh, those those teachings up and and really applying them, using them in the meditation. Uh, when one gets up from the meditation, to to carry them with one, to call, to to apply them. Uh, to not drop the, uh, those uh, applications of uh, mindfulness and clear comprehension and reflection and investigation, uh, uh, to not, uh, yeah, to not let them drop away, but to carry carry them with one uh in in all postures in all situations and you start real you start seeing the the mind revolving around Dhamma more and more and that's where the where uh i think one of the the elements that that uh, of lumpa's teaching that uh comes up in uh, so many different situations is the uh, uh, where Lumpur sees very clearly the, that relationship between the, the conventional and the transcendent. Uh, in, in Thai, it's, a, it's Samut and Vimut. Uh, and uh, Samut is sort of the whole realm of, of convention, determined reality, uh, how we suppose things to be uh, in just ordinary idiom. If you if you sort of say sumut why sort of suppose it was like this, and, and that's sort of a, a support you know, a, a suppositions that we 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 create around the conventional realm of of uh, a being, a, a, a world, and, uh, good and evil. Uh, Happiness and suffering; these are all sort of created things that that uh, 
are formed out of the conventional realm, and we keep reacting to them, we keep uh, tinkering with them, we keep, keep uh, being fascinated by them, we're aghast by them, uh, we uh, consider them to be me and mine, uh, and of course they're uh, constantly uh, creating problems for us. Whereas the whole realm of Vimut, so Vimutti in, in Pali, uh, is liberation, is freedom. And by seeing through, by penetrating, and by relinquishing the whole realm of the, of the conventional and the, 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 the supposed and determined elements of, of existence, uh, we can live in, experience, uh, penetrate the, the realm of the transcendent. And that's something that we can do uh, in the present moment, uh, in uh, the... Uh, it, it's, it's because of our experience and seeing clearly of the, uh, uh, of the conventional realm that we can experience that we ex- uh, can experience the, the transcendent. Uh, uh, it's not that one uh, destroys the uh, conventional realm, it no longer exists, and we can just dwell in